Today on the Political Theory of Everything, I will be giving you your daily dose of news for today's date, Friday, August 6th. Alrighty, to start off our news today, we have an article from the Daily Wire. Um, this one, titled, United Airlines to Require All U.S. Employees to Get Vaccinated. So, a lot of the news that you see lately has basically been reoccurring um, or same situation uh, events but different people or, like I said, reoccurring where the event already happened and now it's brought up again in a different um, capacity. And I think this is one of those, you know, requiring vaccines has been something that's been bubbling up quite a bit and this time you just have it in a different situation, meaning United Airlines. Um, so, same topic, different person or different characters in the story and so here we have united airlines as that character our quote-unquote character and so united airlines is set to require its u.s employees to be vaccinated against covid 19 in an apparent first move for a domestic carrier this is the uh, article by the way uh, so cnbc reported that united airlines will be mandating that its u.s employees are reported 67,000 people get the covid 19 vaccine uh, they most provide evidence that they have the two doses from Pfizer and Moderna or that they have the one dose from Johnson & Johnson five weeks after the vaccines are fully approved by government officials or by October 25th, whichever date comes first. So United added that it will allow for exceptions due to health or religious reasons, which of course they they would because if they didn't, they would get sued. Uh, they would have quite a, bit of, quite a few lawsuits that would cause that. Um, but if employees don't get the vaccine, they could lose their job. Um, this is the uh, reportedly the first action for a main character in the United States that might create an incentive for other airlines to do the same thing. Uh, basically, United required new employees to show evidence of vaccinations, which kind of gave a glimpse into the fact that United would ask then current employees to show proof of vaccination. And so it's it's something, once again, that's been coming up in different capacities with different characters in this, and now it's moving on to the air world, and we'll see what happens. I mean, this is just this is just for members. I doubt they would do it for... Um, I, it's too risky of a business move to do it for your passengers, meaning if all these other airlines require you to have the vaccine, but then Southwest doesn't. Southwest will get a... a a big big southwest is automatically guaranteed business then because unvaccinated people will just ride southwest so i don't think i can't really see this going to passengers uh because it just wouldn't work in a business model uh so we're going to do 10 articles today two from each uh source that we usually use so another one from the daily wire title uh Bears tight end jimmy graham airs frustration with the nflpa quote was basically forced into getting the vaccine end quote once again same topic, different characters. Forcing the forcing the vaccine, or not even forcing it, but making it so that the situations basically make you get it. And right here with the NFL is what we've been talking about, where the punishments are so great for those who got back, who got who did not get vaccinated, um, that it's basically forcing in you into a vaccination. And so this is talking about how. Um, you know, they've been pushing on the, the vaccine for players like, oh, if you do this, you won't have to worry about anything during the season. You won't get fined if you get sick, stuff like that. And now they're saying that even if you're vaccinated, you still have to get tested for COVID every single day. And so he's kind of fed up like, look, I did everything you told me to do. And now you're telling me that I have to still go through the exact same thing that the unvaccinated people do. Like, why did I even bother? And so um, by not uh, submitting yourself to the track or uh, the track, geez, 
test or wear a tracking monitor, it could be $50,000 for not going to the test and then not wearing the tracker would be $14,650. It continues on about how just there's different memos about, you know, you got to do this, you got to do this. If you get this vaccine, if you get the vaccine, then you're good to go. You know, if you don't get the vaccine, this is what happens. And we've talked about it previously. Um, So um, it's just, it's a reoccurring topic and it's going to keep coming up over and over again through the year, uh, especially as, you know, they debate how are we going to do vaccine mandates and such. um, And pushing the vaccine onto people seeing, you know, well, if you want it, Um, if you don't want it, still get it because it saves others. And we've talked about it many times in episodes before, so we don't need to go into it again. Um, but that's pretty much the conversation that's been reoccurring is the vaccine and how it can be forced, how it can be, um, indirectly forced by like the NFL, where it's not an actual requirement, but the penalties basically make it one. And so that's that article moving on to CNN. Once again, I told you the news lately hasn't been so much new things, but reoccurring things or, you know, same event, different characters. And here it is one reoccurring thing. Cuomo staffer files criminal complaint against governor with Albany Sheriff's office. I'm sure you have heard, uh, governor Andrew Cuomo was found guilty, um, uh, for sexual harassment and, and I think sexual assault for some as well as the uh, attorney general for New York uh, mentioned or said in a press briefing. And so um, a criminal complaint against New York Governor Andrew Cuomo has been filed with the Albany Sheriff's Office by a staffer who is among the 11 whose sexual harassment allegations against the embattled Democrats were detailed in the state attorney general's report released earlier this week. I love how they say allegations, um, but he was found guilty. Granted, it was in an investigation, so theoretically he won't receive any punishment because it was it was an investigation into it saying, like, did he do this? And it's basically saying yes. Now, the difference is since the attorney general's office said that, um, now it's up to the people to press charges on them. And so uh, this is the start of it. So the complaint was confirmed by CNN, uh, to CNN, sorry, by an attorney representing the anonymous accuser and a second source with direct knowledge. Um It's the first known criminal report filed against the governor regarding allegations of sexual misconduct. And the governor's office had notified Albany police of the allegations several months ago. Cuomo has denied in testimony that he inappropriately touched the woman, but the complaint adds to the mounting legal and political pressure facing the governor in the wake of the report, which has led to calls for his resignation or impeachment from office. Uh, I believe that Biden said he should step down or resign, I think, I believe. Um... Uh, I want to say, I believe he did. So uh, the accuser basically uh, will now just go through uh, the legal process of it with it. It just kind of, CNN continues for a bit talking about um, basically the different sexual assaults, which I think we've covered previously, so we won't worry about those. But there's 11 of them basically that he touched, kissed, hugged, talked to, stuff like that inappropriately. Um, to multiple office, uh, I don't want to say office workers, but like people around him. Uh, I believe all of them were from like political, like they worked under him politically, but that's there. He was found guilty, but once again, attorney general's investigation versus an actual charge. So it's not like, you know, he's okay, let's see what his jail time is. That's not yet. He has to be uh, charged by one of the people he actually harassed, uh, which obviously that just started. So 
Moving on to the next CNN article. Hopes of revived Iran nuclear talks dim amid delays as new hardline president takes office. So basically the Iran nuclear deal is, uh, I think, what they're mentioning in this, which paid Iran massive chunks of money to not make nuclear bombs. And um, obviously those didn't really work out. Um, So the Biden administration officials are becoming increasingly pessimistic about reviving the Iran nuclear deal as the country's new hardline president takes office and his nuclear program continues to accelerate national security intelligence office officials familiar with the negotiations told CNN. Um, Just think America paid them and then they used all that money to create nuclear bombs. Um, Yeah. So the deal's original signature signatories known as the P5 plus one, the US, UK, France, China, Russia, and Germany had hoped to begin their seventh round of negotiations by now. Some officials have expressed disappointment that the talks have been so delayed since the last round ended on June 20th, especially as Iran, Iran's nuclear advances risk making the current deal irrelevant. Now that President Ibrahim Raisi uh, is officially in power after his inauguration Thursday, officials are hoping meetings will begin in the next few weeks, but it's still unclear uh, if and when that will happen. He is a hardliner, uh, but that he, de- but basically he has said that he does not oppose the nuclear deal. Of course, why wouldn't you? It gives you a bunch of money. Uh, and it's also known as the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action, or JCPOA, and American officials have said they don't expect him to walk away from the talks. Um, and basically talks about why hope has been slowly fading, basically like, this guy is more like, let's, you know, pro... Um, Iran, so he's much more hardline pro-Iran, so it's going to make it much more difficult to talk to him about it. Basically, also the fact that uh, President Trump pulled out of the deal in 2018 um, and basically said to Iran, like, you better not make any. He he used more forceful than he did, like, money negotiations. Um, And it continues on about the potential crisis. It's a really long article basically saying that if they do get their hands on a nuclear bomb, America is in danger because uh, Iran, to say the least, is not very fond of America. So there's that. Next up, Fox News. Now we have the next two Fox News articles. Uh, Title, U.S. Senate candidate, uh, Pennsylvania lawmaker calls for investigation after reports on Pitt uh, University of Pitt, sorry, University of Pittsburgh fetal tissue research. Uh, the subtitle, the University of Pittsburgh insists its fetal tissue research complies with federal and state laws. Uh, the University of Pittsburgh is facing, also known as Pitt, uh, P-I-T-T, is facing uh, fresh calls for an investigation on its federally funded research on fetal tissue after information surfaced that many say is troubling. The Republican, uh, oh, sorry, uh, Republican state representative Kathy Rapp who chairs the majority uh, for the legislature's health committee, sent a letter Thursday requesting Pennsylvania's auditor, uh, general views, pits, states, and federal funding. Pennsylvania Republican Sean Parnell, who is running for U.S. Senate, also called for an investigation. Uh, quote, if the allegations are true, uh, or, or if these allegations are true, that scientists at the University of Pittsburgh were harvesting kidney kidneys of unborn babies while their hearts were still beating, they should not uh, only have their taxpayer funding immediately suspended. Uh, everyone involved should face criminal charges, end quote. This is what the tweet was from um, Sean Purnell. So, basically, there are new documents released this week by the Watchdog Judicial, ju- uh, Watchdog Judicial Watch Show. Um, by the Watchdog Judicial sh- Watch. Jeez. Uh, show Pitt discussing its effort to minimize warm ischemic time or the amount of time an organ maintains its body temperature after blood flow has been severed. It's unclear how these procedures take place, but they co- that content uh, prompted some 
to speculate about the statuses of fetuses whose organs were collected. Um, basically, Pitt denied it, and we're like, we didn't do that, and it just starts taking quotes about, like, we need to investigate this, we need to investigate that. If they don't, if they didn't do anything wrong, cool. Um, it's nice double-checking. If they did things wrong, then we need to make sure that that's not taxpayer-funded, because um, it's basically taxpayers funding something illegal, which obviously is not something you want. Um, it's like taxpayer-funded drug ring or something. Um, but that would be a very unfortunate situation if they were doing that um, illegally. And so, a very unfortunate situation if that is true. But if not, that's good that they uh, they at least are not being inhumane. Uh, but we'll see about that. We'll, we'll try to see if there's an update anytime soon. But it may take a while to figure out the investigation and see what the actual outcome is. Once again, Fox News title. Nike CEO pressed on not addressing Chinese human rights abuses. Quote, China is a very important market for us. End quote. Uh, subtitle, company supports progressive activism in the United States. So Nike CEO John Donahoe appeared to defend the company's progressive values in a new interview while dodging a question about its business with China amid the ruling Communist Party's human rights abuses in uh, Zhejiang and Hong Kong. In a Thursday interview on CNBC, host Sarah Eisen asked whether Nike has to, quote, sacrifice its values, end quote, to continue doing business in China, given its reported horrific treatment of the Uyghur, Muslims, Hong Kong citizens, and journalists, and charges it covered up the true origins of the coronavirus pandemic. Um... And basically, this Nike CEO said, quote, not at all. We connect to consumers and markets all around the world. So I could say, go into a country, any country around the world and see that consumers in that market consider Nike a brand in that market for them, end quote. That really answered the question. And so, um, let's see here, what else? Donahoe went on to assert that Nike has been, quote, globally successful, end quote, by operating, quote, very aligned with our values, always have been, always will, including throughout our entire supply chain, end quote. Um, Ison went on to ask the CEO about Nike's relationship with Colin Kaepernick, the former San Francisco 49ers quarterback and progressive activist who popularized protesting the national anthem. And basically, Donahoe goes, "Yes, we support, um, we support Colin, and he is one of our many valued partners." Um, yeah. Um, so this is um, this is the. This is a quote from um, a, a statement from Nike. I mean, quote, the Nike code of conduct and code leadership standards have requirements prohibiting any type of prison, forced, bonded or indentured labor, uh, including detailed provisions for freedom of movement and prohibition prohibitions on discrimination based on ethnic background or religion, end quote, uh, which let's think about China and the Uyghurs. Um, definitely not happening. So. Next up, CBS. Once again, two articles each from CBS. Uh, so we have two here. California's Dixie Fire is now the largest wildfire in the U.S. and third largest in state history. Uh, the Dixie Fire in California is now the largest wildfire in the United States, growing to 432,813 acres overnight. As of Friday morning, the flame was 35% contained, and officials said heavy winds have made it difficult to control. Uh, fire officials said that the Dixie Fire grew more than 97,000 acres since Thursday, making it the third largest fire in California history. The wildfire has destroyed 134 structures and threatens over 13,800. This week, the blaze decimated the historic town. The blaze, not the um, 
news outlet, but the fire. Uh, this week, the fire decimated the historic town of Greenville, where streets have been reduced to rebel homes and businesses. Uh, some from the 1800s were charred beyond recognition. In Plumas County, more than 100 homes were destroyed and four residents are accounted un unaccounted for. Uh, officials uh, there said in the town of Chester, 2,000 residents, residents have been evacuated while fire crews work desperately to try and divert the flames around the town. There's some images up there. Uh, you can just things you can see things absolutely on fire. Uh, the thing is, even but like when humans aren't in an area, wildfires would happen. It basically was like a forced way of replenishing itself. And so the question with these is, of course, there's many that are human caused or caused by humans, but like. If there is a wildfire, I mean, those were, those happen naturally with or without humans. Um, so is it kind of like the wildfire is happening on its own already, and then humans happen to be in this situate in this area? Um, it's still an unfortunate thing. I'm not saying that it's not. I'm just saying that like I want just the 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 way these work. Um, just you know, is it always like oh humans could have done this, 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 and this? It's like well, it happens anyways. So it's like really, can humans always do something about it? Um, but there you go. Uh, that's pretty much. Okay, so uh, the Dixie Fire uh, surpassed Oregon's Boot Lake Fire, which now covers 413,700 acres, but is slowed thanks to cooler temperatures, according to fire officials. Um, they said the fire in Oregon is 87% contained. So a uh, heat wave and high winds have encouraged the fire growth. Uh, the weather is expected to last through the weekend, but officials hope more humidity will help firefighters draw a better perimeter around blaze. Fire officials expect to contain the fire by August 20th. So they don't know the cause of the Dixie Fire yet. It's still under investigation. Uh, but they do believe that the fire could have started uh, when a tree landed on uh, one of the power lines for Pacific Gas and Electric Company. Um, so there it is. That's the entire article. Next up, CBS News again. Title, Allison Felix becomes the most decorated woman in Olympic track history. So Allison Felix won bronze in the women's 400 meter final in Tokyo on Friday, making her the most decorated female track and field athlete in Olympic history. The 35-year-old has won six medals, three silver, and now one bronze. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. She has won six gold medals, three silver, and one bronze, uh, matching running legend Carl Lewis's record of... 10 medals. Uh, Felix, who was participating in her fifth Olympics, finished her race in 49.46 seconds, right behind the Bahamas, Shawnee Miller-Uibo, uh, uh, who secured gold, and Dominican Republic's uh, Mara Lady Paulino, who got silver. So, she, oh yeah, she's uh, a new mom, compared to last Olympics. Um, she, uh, let's see. She shared a touching moment with her daughter, Camry Grace, and fellow Olympian, Quanera Hayes, and her son, Demetrius, uh, following her performance in the U.S. Track and Olympic uh, Field Olympic Trials in June. In an interview that day, she reflected on her journey to get back on the track. Um, she had an emergency C-section and gave birth to her uh, daughter two months early. Um, Cameron uh, apparently weighed only three pounds, uh, her daughter, um, Camry. Uh, she weighed only three pounds at the time and then spent 29 days in the NICU uh, and then 10 months later she won her 12th world championship gold medal breaking legendary sprinter Usain Bolt's record um, oh like medal count I believe yes I was like wait what uh, okay so because um, that means she'd be running like 30 plus I think I think that'd be the first to touch 30 but I don't even know 
Okay, so that's pretty much all from the article. It just then continues just to talk about the daughter and stuff. And so how she just is so happy to be able to do it with her daughter and for her daughter and all that. Uh, so here is one from The Blaze. So, title, Fauci-led agency spent over $400,000 in taxpayer money on deadly and unnecessary experiments on dogs. And this is once again from Watchdog Report, which we uh, came up in our article, uh, one of our articles earlier. So, the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, directed by Anthony Fauci, Dr. Anthony Fauci, spent more than $400,000 in taxpayer money on abusive experiments on dogs, uh, according to a government watchdog group, the NIAID directed $424,455 to the University of Georgia Research Foundation in September of 2022, uh, test an experimental drug on beagles. The experiments purposely subjected dozens of healthy beagles to biting flies that were carrying a disease cause, or a carrying a disease causing parasite that can affect humans. The records obtained under the Freedom of Information Act request shows the dogs quote, vocalized pain, end quote, during the experiments. The Daily Caller reported that the NIAID uh, task order says, quote, 28 beagles were allowed to do develop infections for three months before being euthanized for blood collection, end quote. Uh, another quote, quote, the dog experiments are set to be completed by January 2022. However, the task order states that the beagles are to be euthanized 196 days after the start of the study, end quote, the Daily Caller reported. So apparently the beagles will be... Uh, euthanized in June of 2021, which has already happened. Uh, but this is talking about reports from previous. Um, let's see what else here. Uh, the experiments were deemed to be unnecessary since the investigational drug, quote, has been extensively tested and confirmed in different animal models such as mice, Mongolian gerbils, and rhesus macaques, uh, end quote, according to the White Coat Waste Project, uh, a government watchdog group. Justin Goodman uh, White Coat Waste Project Vice President of Advocacy and Public Policy said that Fauci, quote, needs to be held accountable for the staggering waste, end quote, of taxpayer money. Uh, and then it just talks about how, like for Wuhan, he funded Wuhan, but also let's talk about all the things he's doing here as well. It's another, that's kind of also what the article talks about in here. And the Blaze, or I mean the Daily Caller contacted them and they have not gotten a response from the NAID or Dr. Andrew R. Moorhead, an associate research scientist and principal investigator during the experiments. Um, that, that's pretty much it uh, for, the, for that article. And next up, last article from the Blaze again, title, 9-11 families tell Biden not to attend September 11th memorial events on 20th anniversary because of broken campaign promise. Uh, so the families of victims, um, uh, of 9-11 told President Joe Biden not to participate in any memorial events for the 20th anniversary of September 11th unless he upholds his promise to declassify U.S. government documents regarding the terrorist attacks. Nearly 1,800 family members, first responders, and survivors who were directly impacted by the September 11th terrorist attacks told President Biden he is not welcome to attend any 9-11 ceremonies next month that will mark the 20 years uh, since the terrorist attacks that killed nearly 3,000 Americans at the World Trade Center in New York City, the Pentagon, and Shanksville, Pennsylvania. Uh, the 9-11 families will object to, quote, any partition base, participation by his administration in any memorial service of 9-11, uh, end quote, unless he authorizes the, quote, release of all documents and information to the 9-11 community that our government has accrued in its investigation of the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia and which former FBI agents have sworn establishes the Kingdom's role in 9-11 to allow us to rightfully obtain justice against the Kingdom, end quote. Wow. Um, basically, um... 
The families wrote this in a letter, quote, As we approach the 20th anniversary of 9-11, and having been used as a political bargaining chip for two decades, our patience has expired. We had hope, great hope that President Biden, who campaigned on bringing truth and trust back to the Oval Office, would value the lives and sacrifices of the American citizens over diplomatic relations with a country accused of mass murder, end quote. Um, they basically say that we cannot in good faith have him here, um, as he does not fulfill his commitments. And it talks about then other people just saying like kind of the same things like how are we supposed to have him here? How are we supposed to have any government officials here when they don't even respect us or respect our wishes and our requests about this? And they continue to break promises during uh, during and from their campaigns. Um, uh, George W. Bush, Barack Obama, and Donald Trump also declined to declassify 9-11 documents citing national security concerns. Um, and so... Uh, the 9-11 Commission found no evidence that the Saudi government or senior Saudi officials funded Al-Qaeda, but admitted that Saudi government-funded charities could have diverted money to the group. Um, so several 9-11 families are involved in a lawsuit that accuses Saudi Arabia of being complicit in September 11th terror attacks, in the September 11th terror attacks. Uh, so that's all our news for today. A lot of it reoccurring, a lot of it uh, same situation, different people, different uh, characters, and so... Um, a lot to be updated on. Uh, you've got uh, Cuomo. You've got the investigations into multiple things that we've read about. Um, and we'll see about 9-11 uh, and, and how they will be doing that there uh, in New York City. But until then, have a wonderful Friday and a wonderful rest of your weekend. Thank you so much for listening.